Welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Nyan. Here at KT Literary, we're convinced that our clients are some of the most interesting people around. And here in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, we wanted to take some time to explore that. Today, I'm joined by the author of The Graveyard Shift, Michael F. Haspel. Michael's been a KT Literary client for a number of years now and has been to several of our agency retreats. He's always the guy with the best tabletop games. If there's a group of people playing a game in the hotel lobby, Michael's probably in the middle of it. And I can tell you from personal experience, he's really kind when it comes to explaining the rules to new people who are kind of gaming idiots, like myself. So, when our team talked about interviewing a client about the best games to play when quarantined, he was the obvious choice. This episode's a little bit of a data dump, but it's the very best kind. Game titles and premises will come at you quickly, but each one is so interesting. I'm sure you'll find something new to pass the time this spring. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited to speak oh, with I'm you. Oh, happy to. Yeah, happy to join. Um, so tell me about Graveyard Shift. This is this was your first book, right? This is your first novel. Yeah, it's my debut. Well, it's the first book that got published. It's not the first okay. book I wrote, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. uh, and it's um, a police procedural. It's uh, with it's you know what what people would call urban fantasy. Uh, about an immortal pharaoh with his vampire partner who are active in modern-day Miami uh, trying to stop a, a vampire conspiracy, like an ancient vampire conspiracy that's been in the, in the works for hundreds of years. So, and it's finally coming to fruition. That is exactly the kind of fiction I need right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it, uh, and I will, I will caution some people. It is, uh, it's a little violent. Uh, so folks have compared it to seven. So, wow. yeah, so it's, it gets, and I didn't think it was that dark. It was actually kind of funny. Uh, I was speaking to somebody who was uh, asking me how I described it. And I said, well, it's kind of like Miami vice, but with mummies and werewolves and, and vampires. And he was like, nah, it's like seven. And I was like, wow. it's not that, it's not that dark. And he was like, dude. Like and then he recounted a part of the book and I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Miami Vice meets seven. And well and we settled on it's kinda like True Detective from HBO. Mm. You know how that show can get kind of dark? Um yeah. and it's a little weird. It's like that. It has that same kind of atmosphere to it. Love it. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Um so other than your amazing book, which is so much fun. The thing that I brought you on to talk about today is gaming and gaming in a time of Corona yeah, <laughs> virus. Yeah. And so I know you have a whole bunch of suggestions for people. Like what are some ways that people can entertain themselves while under quarantine and um, feeling stir crazy and feeling like they're cut off from the entire world? Yeah, so I came up with uh, a couple of games. I used to work at a game store also, um, which also I'm going to just say this right up front. 
the friendly local game stores right now are being heavy, heavy hit because there's no, mm. there are no customers. So right. a lot of this stuff I can, uh, that I talk about will be available obviously online, but if you can make an excursion out or somehow work it out with your local game store, maybe just call them so that they can, I don't know, leave it outside their, the door or something when you come in or something like that, or, uh, that would, that would be a huge help to them. Mm. And I tried to pick games that were not obscure that were that one wouldn't break your bank <laughs> yeah that that you can play with your family that's you know that's kind of accessible by everybody um and aren't too don't carry too many mature themes uh and you know that will when i get to the computer games and stuff and and unfortunately i apologize for this but i don't play on console i'm a pc gamer so a lot of these games will be available on console but i don't I don't know which ones are. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So if I mention something that sounds really cool, check it out on and see if it's available on your Xbox or PS or Nintendo. Most of the computer games I'm talking about are on Steam uh, for okay. PC. Uh, okay. So I, I don't would... even know what that is. I'm so <laughs> glad to have your That's... expertise. Because... Totally cool. I am just a gaming idiot. Like I can do Settlers of Catan. My husband plays uh, Call of Duty. I mean, that's oh, about yeah. it. My yeah. my son's into Minecraft. Like, we don't even do <laughs> Fortnite. <laughs> so I am so excited to have your expertise because we are going stir crazy here in Phoenix. And some games might be just the ticket. Yeah. So uh, start off with uh, two solo games, actually, that you can that you have to play alone. They don't have any other players. They are board games. These are not computer games. They're analog board games with dice and, and mechanics and all that stuff, uh, you know, cardboard chits and everything that you're moving around yourself. And uh, the first one is called Hostage Negotiator. Now, the theme can be a little dark, obviously. You're, um, you've got, you're a hostage negotiator. You've got different guys that have taken over. Um, depending on the scenario, they've taken over different places. And you're trying to negotiate with them. You have different cards that you can use as ploys to get them to, and you're, what you're trying to do is de-escalate the situation and it's a hard game. It's a lot of fun, <laughs> but uh, it is a solo game. And they also have this hostage negotiator game on Android and iOS. So you can actually play it on your phone, um, which is very neat. Excuse me while I, I download that right now. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's one called my favorite solo game is called Proving Grounds, and it is about, um, it comes with a novella, which is awesome, right, that has the whole background story. So there is a princess who's, who um, her mother is the queen, her mother is very ill or is, and is passing away, and she is next in line. Her, I want to say it's her stepsister, doesn't want her to get in line. She is framed uh, for a murder. And she is thrown into an arena for trial by combat. And that is the solo game is you've got a bunch of dice that you need to allocate. Uh, it has a 60 second timer that lets you allocate all your attacks. And then you have to fight off all these gladiators that are coming at you. And if you survive, you're found not guilty and you can become the queen. But, <laughs> but if you don't, you're dead. <laughs> so, wow. Um, that is a fantastic board game. As far as I know, it's not available 
on on any digital kind of side. Uh, the only digital thing that they have is they do have an app that is the timer, and it's really really cool because it adds uh, some background sounds like cl- crowds cheering and you know uh, combat sounds and stuff like that as it, as the uh, timer goes down. So it can be very very intense. <laughs> Sounds stressful in like a really good way. Exactly. I play it a lot. I play it for a long time too. Each session lasts maybe I don't know five to ten minutes, but I wind up playing it for like two hours because because you just oh, I got I almost beat it that time. You know, let me go, <laughs> let me go again. So and you can develop strategies and everything like that. And it has what I really like about it is I think it's about twenty dollars or thirty dollars, and it has really a lot of expansions in it. So there's one where she gets a pet dragon that's accompanying her in the arena. And the dragon changes how things work. Or the gladiators attacking her get chariots. And that changes how things work. Or you can play with uh, the position of the sun, whether the sun is in the opponent's eyes or in your eyes. And all this is contained in one game. And you can add or subtract any of these elements. They all work together. Uh, It's a very, very cool game for that. Uh, Then we're going to jump into board games. And for these board games, I picked some that you're most likely you're not going to go out to play it. So you're stuck playing with your family. (laughs) So (laughs) these need to be like family games, right? Um, The, the first one you already mentioned settlers of Catan. Um, That is just a a tried and true crowd pleasing game Uh, can get a little intense, but it's not like monopoly. (laughs) There's not going to be fights. (laughs) Right. It'll it'll keep the the second one is maybe appropriate or inappropriate depending on how your sense of humor is. It's pandemic. Um, oh god! <laughs> yeah. So that, I <laughs> it is a fantastic game, and it actually <laughs> might make younger players start to understand what's actually happening. That's um, true. Because you are all working together. This is a cooperative game and you're playing against the game, right? And you're all trying to like run labs and get people supplies and all this stuff to, to solve the pandemic. Aren't we all? Exactly. So it is, it is thematic, but it might be a little bit too real right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's. For me personally, that's a little too much right now. Yeah, it might be a little too much. And and especially if you're playing to get your mind off of it. Yeah. Um, that might be a little bit too much. So But I do like what you say about it being a possible teaching tool for younger family members who might be feeling the consequences of this time and feeling the effects of this time, but not necessarily grasping why um i know my kids certainly they're like oh yeah because of the coronavirus and i'm like yes because of the coronavirus you know because we're protecting people in this society who are at risk and they don't necessarily understand how them staying at home and fighting with each other and doing school online is protecting other people so i i do see both sides of that yeah. So, so yeah. but, but it is, it is, in, you know, it is intense right now. Yeah. So, um, another one to play, and these are called deck builder games, uh, but one is called Star Realms, and it is an award winning game for four players. You can just buy 
if you buy the four player thing and it starts off with like a common set of cards that everyone can buy and you're trying to build your deck uh, in this case a fleet of starships each card represents a different kind of ship um to basically beat everyone else and win uh they have there are a lot of variants on these kind of deck builder games the one i would recommend uh mostly for families is called dc deck builder because everyone's really familiar with batman and superman and and the villains like joker and riddler and lex luthor and stuff like that and so it's the same kind of mechanic on the game but uh but it's just thematically your your superheroes against against super villains so it might be more fun if your family leans towards that um is that the kind of thing where you can get the DC deck and add it to the regular deck or are those completely separate? Games? Those are two totally different games. games. Okay. Uh, yeah. Star Realms is its own self-contained game. And why I really like it is because it's very, very small. So that's one of the games I bring to cons all the time. Uh, although who knows when that's going to happen next. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's one I just slip in my con bag because it's it's really easy to teach the rules. You can just play it very very quickly. It has uh, if yeah. it's very easy to teach and and people can just figure it out after about ten minute playthrough of the first game. They're like, oh, I got it. Okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. The next one I would recommend because it it's a lot of fun and there are variants of it is a game called Talisman and it's a board game. That it, it's kind of hard to explain, but it is, it has kind of a, an element where everybody picks a different character and uh, you roll dice to see where you're going. So it kind of has like a Candyland feel to it, but it's more, much more complex than that. And you can rank up your characters and stuff, and you're trying to get into the middle of the map to get the talisman. And whoever can do that first wins. But what's hilarious about it, what's really funny about it, is that if you get to uh, certain things can happen, and there's a witch that wanders around the board. And if she catches you, she turns you into a toad, which means you lose everything. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I have played that game several times where I was, I was beating everybody, just hands down, about to win. And then the witch caught up with me, and I got turned into a toad. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I lost again. Oh, well. <laughs> and if you're if you like kind of the idea of talisman talisman has been around for a long long time it was created by games workshop and then fantasy flight games did a version of it and now i don't know who has the license i think fantasy flight games might still have the license or it's whiz kids this is a little bit more on the expensive side we're talking about probably 50 bucks for talisman okay and if your family is skewing older and they want to get into a little bit of the grim dark the same game has been kind of reskinned as a game called Relic that is based in the Warhammer 40,000 universe of Games Workshop. And it is a little bit more complex, but at its core, it's the same game. And WizKids has the license to that. And I think it's around $50 to $60. So th that is a little bit more expensive. And then we'll get to the last two games are games that I, I find have maximum replayability. There's one called... It's a war game, so it depends if you're into kind of war games. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Memoir 44, and it is about World War II. And it starts with like, the, it has a bunch of different scenarios. Um, starts with landing at Normandy and carrying on through the war. And it is not, even though the, the tactics and strategy in it is very, is, can be very complex, 
mm-hmm. the actual combat is like risk. You roll, you roll some dice, see, you know, both sides roll dice to see what, what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, and it has a lot of replayability. Each scenario takes about 30 minutes to an hour and a half to play, depending on if you're gossiping and chatting in between. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite game, this is my favorite board game ever is called elder sign and it is by fantasy flight games it is kind of a push your luck dice mechanic kind of thing and it is cooperative so the premise of it is that uh, everybody who's playing is some kind of a curator in the museum or like an adventurer or treasure hunter or something like that and you've all been called to this museum because there's something wrong going on all these relics are kind of waking up and it's very Cthulhu oriented. <laughs> Love it. And uh, it is a lot of fun. But again, it's you, so as a family, you're playing against the board. It's not adversarial. Mm. Uh, you can help one another and everything like that. It's a really, really just fantastic game. And if folks want to check out how it is before buying the board game, that is actually available on iOS and Android also. And Ooh. it is. Yeah, it's called Elder Sign Omens on that. And you can play it single player. So that's. Uh, Well, thanks. Now I know what I'm doing with the rest of my pandemic quarantine. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, The other board game I would recommend, highly, highly, highly recommend. And this is a really cheap, cheap one. It's called Coup. And it is a a card game. And I want to say it's less than $20. It's very, very cheap. Uh, It can handle, I think the core box can handle up to five players. And the idea is it's kind of a bluffing game. So when you start the game, you can completely lie about anything, about what cards you have in your hand. So through your actions, people have to start deducing what kind of cards you have in your hands. But because you can lie about it, um, you're not caught until somebody challenges you. So, So for instance, there's an action where a certain card allows everybody to take coins out of the central bank. So at the beginning of the game, everybody takes coins out of the central bank because they're just like, oh, well, I've got the ambassador. Everybody has the ambassador, and, and it, which is impossible because there's only two of those cards. So now yeah, you have yeah. to figure out who really has him because he also allows other actions to take place. And so if somebody says, oh, I'm going to, you know, you need to do this. And I, and you might be like, well, you can't force me to do that because you don't have that card. Now it becomes, uh, okay, well, how much do you want to bet that I have that card or not? Oh, man. <laughs> and if you bet wrong, you're eliminated. So it plays, <laughs> plays really, really fast. And, but you're going to play multiple hands. This is a game where I have played coup for, for six hours before. Wow. Um, and then it kind uh, of reminds me of mafia, like the good old fashioned, like oh, uh, playing yeah. card game where yes. you can lie about who you are in the mafia. It yeah. is, it is essentially a, it's a variant of that kind of, okay. So it works oh, really awesome. well. And then, um, this other game I'm just recommending, not necessarily for the pandemic, but because it's really fun. In fact, um, for pan for a pandemic, you know, kind of social distancing, it doesn't really work. It's called One Night Werewolf, and it has an app, so there's a narrator that says, okay, and the the premise is that there's a village of people, and two of the people in the village are werewolves. So 
uh, they'll start and say, hey, everybody count down, you know, everybody, everybody in the village, it's nighttime, so everybody close your eyes. And then they'll say, werewolves, open your eyes, so you know who the other werewolf is. And then uh, they, you know, they'll count down and say, okay, everybody open your eyes. And then people have to deduce who the werewolves are. But it doesn't work generally, you know, if you're stuck with the same four or five people, you can kind of figure right. it out very quickly. So that's why I said, you know, for social distancing, it doesn't really work. Okay. Um, those are those are the big core board games I would recommend. And then I gotta I gotta toss this in. There is the Dungeons and Dragons starter set. And so of course. Yes. <laughs> Comes with pre-generated characters. If you go ahead and buy the Dungeons and Dragons Essentials kit. It comes with like all the rules you need, everything. So they're two different sets, but I think if you bought them both, it might be $50. Uh, they're very inexpensive they, because their whole idea is to get you into the game. Mm -hmm. And they're not, they're not hard even for first time DMs. They, they walk you through everything and figuring it out. And uh, uh, I adore that. I think it's really, really cool. And they've come mm -hmm. up with a version, like if, if everybody's binging stranger things and they hear them talking about Dungeons and Dragons all the time, there is a version of the D and D starter set that is stranger things where you fight the Demi Gorgon and everything just oh like the show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that. So it is really, really cool. Uh, I would definitely look into that as well. And, uh, and we're, and just kind of a segue here to, before I start jumping into the computerized stuff, there, is, there are several programs out there, but one of the best ones is called Roll20, and it's, um, it's a website, and I think it's Roll20.com. If you do Google Roll20, it'll come up. It allows you to play role-playing games online, and it includes voice. Uh, it includes, I want to say it includes video, uh, but whoever the, the game master is can share the maps, they can share elements, they can share everything. It has dice rolling built into it. So it is kind perfect. of perfect <laughs> for yeah. playing games with your friends and still being able to role play and everything like that. Um, so let me jump over here because I've got uh, some of the, so these are like computerized board games. So this is uh, some of the board games I'm going to talk about here are the same board games I talked about before, but they're available on the computer, which means that you can network with friends that you have. If you all have copies of the game, you can all play the game together, which is, which, which is, is really good. Just what we need right now. Yeah. Just and have a little online cocktail hour and gaming time. Yes. And, and my friends and I have been doing this quite a bit. That's amazing. First one I've already talked about Elder Sign Omens. It's it's Elder Sign, you know, and you can play it single player or multiplayer. So it's a lot of fun. Talisman is also available online. It is Steam. Uh, Steam has it. Memoir 44 is also available online. I will kind of caution people. There are a lot of Europeans in the memoir 44 community that are really good <laughs> so <laughs> so if you jump in there they're all very friendly uh they'll understand that you're a noob and and that you don't know what you're doing and everything but but the community out there there's a lot of people that play this game especially in europe 
and uh it they're hardcore at it so just be aware that that uh it's challenging online uh star realms there's versions of star realms on there with multiplayer online play uh so you can kind of play that and, and all these you could try out you know uh online because they're not that expensive and honestly the regular board games are not that expensive uh twilight struggle is another really really good one uh online uh where you're playing the cold war essentially america against the soviet union and you're trying to use different things like spies or news propaganda or whatever to change the balance of the cold war uh and then this is a game i've actually played with sarah and where we tied twice and it, that's almost impossible, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> it's called terraforming Mars. Oh my goodness. She made me play this at the region. <laughs> Not made me. I had the distinct privilege and opportunity <laughs> to lose to, I think you and Sarah in yeah. this game. <laughs> and it's a fun game. It's really good. Um, it's a really great time. Uh, and those and are all really also available online. It is available online wow. and multiplayer. So you could just play okay. with everybody. And it, t- what, what's really cool about these computerized board games is that it's the same board game, but it takes care of all the minutia for you, all the kind of controlling the money and resources and, and chits right. and everything. It does all that math for you. You can just concentrate on playing the game. And the last one I'm going to mention isn't a game in and of itself, but it's really cool. It's called Tabletop Simulator, and it runs about $20 on Steam. And what it is, is it's a tabletop simulator. It has the physics, lets you pick up stuff and everything, which means that you can almost play any board game on this wow. if, it's, if it's out there. Uh, and there's a lot of games in the workshop. Uh, and going, going back to games from the 50s all the way up. It is really cool. You will need some other way of talking to your fellow players, something because you can chat in it and everything, but it does not support voice. So you'll need something like TeamSpeak or Discord uh, or some kind of application like that to be able to to be able to do it. And then, um, yeah, uh, and then I would suggest what I call uh time vampire games <laughs> okay because these are computer games and these are the ones where i was saying like these are mostly pc games because that's what i play uh i play on pc so i would recommend uh these games are i i, I picked the list so that they're not too taxing on your machine although some of them still will be uh and they won't break the bank they're not crazy and you will get optimum playtime out of it <laughs> so we'll start Amazing. off and yeah That's i know perfect. these checking are checking like all the boxes yeah exactly this one will uh is available on consoles i know it and there's a whole ton of them and they're somewhat educational as well so there are any any of the games in the assassin's creed series uh yes yeah, so uh, yes. the newest ones, like I, I think it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, there might be one after that, but that's the last one I got. That will hurt your machine unless you have like a gaming rig. But these mm-hmm. games, they do a lot of research. They do a lot of stuff in there. In fact, the Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in ancient Egypt, which is near and dear to my heart, um, is so 
is so good as as far as like historical accuracy there's a mode they added to it called discovery mode where it's like a museum you just walk around egypt and the elements of the game don't interact with you so that you can go and see the different monuments it's basically a virtual tour and they have a narrator that explains what you're seeing and everything so wow and didn't they use one of the assassin's creed potentially to reconstruct notre dame after it burned yeah it's that's insane the amount of attention to detail and accuracy that's incredible yeah because they had taken laser scans of the inside of notre dame uh to recreate it in the game so they had a one-to-one accurate high resolution 3d model of the inside of notre dame wow yeah, it's it's if pretty. They had serious. taken that kind of time and attention when they made the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, you have Michael Fassbender. What are you doing? Serious. <laughs> the other one I was actually going to talk about is Minecraft. It will <laughs> pretty much run on on almost any computer. It'll run on a tablet, um, and it is a time sink. Like. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's entertaining to just about all ages once you figure out what's going on. Um, yep. And it's a lot of fun. So, yes. As we speak, my six year old and my five year old are both playing it right now. It's Minecraft is, it's real big <laughs> in my house right now. <laughs> so, um, the other, the other ones I have. Well, there's, there's a couple more that I'm going to get into before I get into the strategy games because those are honest time sinks (laughs) but uh these will run on just about any machine there's there's a game called ftl faster than light and the idea is you're kind of like a spaceship crew kind of like the firefly and you are escaping it well the alliance right and they are coming after you and you're having to jump to different systems but there are things that happen. There are events that happen. It has a really amazing soundtrack for a game of that, of that simplicity. It looks like uh, I actually listen to the soundtrack when I write and stuff. So it's, wow. it's uh, really, really good. I would highly recommend that. And that is also available on tablets. You can play that on tablets as well. The, the other one I would recommend, and this has phenomenal world building. We're starting to get into kind of a tactical into a strategy kind of, uh, game at this point um it's called the banner saga and it is kind of an interactive story it has a story that goes on and then when you get to the battle scenes you have to make decisions along the way and when you get to the battle scenes uh you have to take over the battle and so make all the strategic decisions um it's not it doesn't throw you into the deep end of the pool. The early battles are kind of almost tutorials and then it gets progressively harder and harder and harder and you have to manage different resources and you're leading kind of this tribe of your people to safety. That's the idea is all these other creatures are manifesting themselves. Incredible world building. I think there's three parts of it. So you're going to get a lot of gameplay out of it. It is highly addictive because you want to keep <laughs> playing to find out what happens in the story. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, really good. Um, then, okay, now we're going to get into more. Oh, I can do these out of order because 
This one is, if people know about it, if it'll run on your machine, get it. It has more content than you can possibly imagine. It is the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, if you've not played Skyrim, it has unbelievable world building. It'll, it'll run on almost any modern machine now, but it is on the taxing end, you know? If you don't have a gaming machine, it's gonna, it's probably gonna be a little bit too taxing. So, an, in an, as an alternate, this is my favorite online role playing game of all time, Mass Effect. So, <laughs> um, yes. yeah. So the first Mass Effect you can pick up really, really cheap. It still holds up. Now it does have kind of a first person shooter component added to it, but it is very, very, very good. There are uh, three other games in the series if you jump into the whole Mass Effect kind of universe and like what you play. Uh, and we're coming up towards the, the end of the <laughs> end of the thing. But if you can run it, and this should run on a lot of people's computers, it's a game called Portal. And it is on Steam. Valve put it out. And it looks kind of like a first-person shooter, but it isn't. It's uh, you mm -hmm. are... A young woman who is trapped inside a testing facility run by a sadistic and mega maniacal robot <laughs> that is putting you through all these different tests. And you have a portal gun. And the portal gun uh, doesn't obey the laws of physics. So if you put the entry of a hole on one wall and the exit of the hole anywhere else, you can essentially uh, jump into the one hole and come out the other. So... Uh, the puzzles are all about how to change the way you think because mm -hmm. they're not solved linearly. And so you go right. into these different puzzle rooms and have to use the portal gun to strategically use different things. And GLaDOS, which is the uh, sadistic robot, is absolutely hilarious. So it's very funny as well. Sarcastic mother effer. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. And if you make it through Portal and you like what you played, there is a Portal 2 that you yes. can play. And in Portal 2, there's a multiplayer option where you can play as two robots and play together. To And it forces you to work together to solve the puzzles. So that is awesome. absolutely fantastic. And uh, these these last two are what I call the ultimate time vampires. Now, they are kind of... Um, there's really three of them, but, but they are, uh, they are these games that I, I, if I need something done, I can't even install them on my computer because if I start <laughs> playing them, <laughs> it'll be like a week later, I'll look up and go, Oh, what happened? And the first one is called XCOM enemy unknown. And you are part of a secret government, uh, team that are fighting off aliens during a UFO invasion. And it is a tactical game. It's about tactics and resource management. And you will forget what day it is. You, you will, you will lose yourself into that. Which is not a bad thing right now. <laughs> no, it is not a bad thing right now. If you've got the time, XCOM yeah. is something that'll make you forget the world. Oh, that's um, awesome. The next one is called Galactic Civilizations. And they have variants of this, and that's why I wanted to, to mention it, is they're on Galactic Civilizations 3 right now, which should run on every computer. If it doesn't, try Galactic Civilizations 2. 
or one. Okay. They're kind of the same game. They just made them better and better. Um, added better graphics, added some different nuances to it and everything like that. And it is what's called a 4X game, which is explore, expand. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the third one stands for. The last <laughs> one is exterminate. So uh, it is like an empire building game where you build you build your empire, you build up your fleets, you build up all your resources, and the more you explore, you will run into other alien civilizations, which you have the ability to to enter diplomatic relations with. You don't have to fight them. And you can trade with them and make money and all kinds of stuff like that and win that way. It is a fantastic, fantastic game that is space-oriented, and if you want more of a historically oriented game, this is this is my king game. If it was, if I was stranded on a desert island w- somehow with a computer that had infinite power, <laughs> and I could have one game. I mean, as most desert island computers do. Yeah, it's like Lost. I just plug into the to the capsule. Just type in the numbers. You'll be just good. type in the numbers. In <laughs> fact, if you put me in that capsule with this game for like a couple of years, I would be absolutely happy to just type in the numbers <laughs> and then keep playing this game. It is Sid Meier's Civilization. Mm-hmm. They are on Civilization 6 right now. But again, just like the other one, if it, if Civ 6 won't run on your machine, Civ, Civ 5 or Civ 4 or Civ 3 or Civ 2 will. So uh, they, they have it available on tablets. They have it available on anything. The idea is you choose a civilization, you start off with a group of settlers, found your city, and start building everything up. And so you can make decisions on how you want your, do you want your civilization to be really warlike? Do you want it to be a dictatorship? Do you want it to be um, a republic? If it's a republic, um, when you want to go conquer that civilization over the hill that you just discovered, you might find that republics don't like going to war. So <laughs> you might have a problem with that, right? Uh, so it's it's actually a really, really cool game. It has a lot of historical um, historical stuff in it for for kids that they can read when they when they accomplish like a wonder of the world or when they build like a library in their town to make people smarter. Uh, it, it explains all this stuff, like the Library of Alexandria or whatever like that. Uh, so I adore it. It's a go-to game, but it's one of those games that uh, I have a funny anecdote of a friend of mine who I told him, uh, I told him about it. He installed it on his computer and he had to go to um, squadron officer school the next day. He had to drive down there. And he started playing it about noon the day before just to test it out, just to figure it out. And uh, he stopped playing when the sun came up and he realized, <laughs> yeah, he realized he needed to be in his car already driving. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's that kind of game. That is exactly the kind of game that we need right now. Yes, exactly. It's really, really good. Lots of fun. Yeah. <sighs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind my of a pen, data dump. My pen is smoking. I'm physically taking notes to try and get some um, notes up for people who listen to this episode who want to actually research these games. Don't worry, people. We got you. I will put all of these in the show notes so that you can just look up the one that sounded most appealing to you 
and we'll try and link to things. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a data dump. I was just trying to. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's the best kind of data. It's just genuinely making me so happy. Um, so if people like love you and want to find you talking about games and uh, talking about world building and stuff like that, where can people find you? Are you on Twitch? Are you on Discord? What's, where are you? Um, I have a Discord server called QFD. Uh, and QFD is this podcast I run about storytelling. Uh, it's called, it stands for quantum froth dispatches, which is a really, really weird name, but it was, <laughs> it was very uh, memorable. Yeah. It was something I was doing at the time. So I just abbreviated it to QFD. You can check out QFD. I do some deep dives on some different movies. Uh, right now our first, I'm still doing our first season, even though it's been a while, it's been almost more than a year. Our first season is about what was in the water in 1982. And the reason I called it that was because 1982 was this kind of pivotal year where a bunch of original content came out. Um, there were a couple remakes, but nowadays everything is a remake or based off of some previous source material. In 1982, we got Blade Runner. We got E.T. We got, we got The Thing. We got, which, which of course is based on previous material. But we got Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is a sequel. Um, we got Conan the Barbarian. We got The Beastmaster. We got all these movies that are classics that, are, that, that filmmakers today are kind of imitating. Mm -hmm. And we see that coming around in Stranger Things and in, in Guardians of the Galaxy and and movies like that you know that are harkening yeah. back to like big trouble in little china and these movies that came out in 1982 and yeah. kind of all these things happened in 1982 and i was trying to just figure out why that why that particular year like why mm -hmm. why did all this stuff happen in 1982 um yeah. so we're just still doing deep dives on that and i have author interviews too uh that Amazing. we do uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, otherwise, if you're trying to find me, the best place is probably on Facebook. Uh, I used to do uh, Twitter, but it got so negative <laughs> that I don't go there anymore. Twitter <laughs> is an interesting place on, in the world right now. Yeah. It's, it's, business is still done there, and there are still some amazing voices who are speaking to some really incredible things. But hey... There's so much available online. I say go where you're comfortable and make a home for yourself there. Yeah. So I, I just go on Facebook and I share dumb memes. That's basically what I do. So Perfect. Yeah. yeah. If you <laughs> well, find that's amazing. Me, if you find me on there, it's mostly like War Warhammer 40K and, and like stupid memes. <laughs> Perfect. And it will go completely of, over my head, but I love it. Yeah, if you like Warhammer, I'm also a contributor to uh, The Long War, which is a Warhammer 40K podcast. Um, and we're on Twitch. We're on The Long War um, TV on Twitch. And you can find me there as well. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, oh it was a lot of fun. I'm so sorry. Um, if all of this talk about games and general nerding out um, has not made you happy this week, can you tell me something that is making you happy this week that's bringing you joy in the middle of this pandemic? Oh, yeah. 
What is your moment of boundless optimism this week? Yeah, so we just adopted uh, last week two dogs. So they're, <gasps> yeah, boxer pit bull mixes. Um, oh. they, they were my uh, my niece's dogs, but she can't take care of them anymore because she just graduated college. She can't find an apartment that will let her have these two, and they're pr- pretty big dogs. So oh. we adopted them. Their names are Sansa and Aria. Of <laughs> and- course are <laughs> yes and they they kind of follow their names too they follow their namesakes oh i so love that it's just kind oh. of funny well i'm gonna need a picture so oh yeah i don't know yeah. i could put it on the blog or something okay because we so. are such a huge fan of puppies at yeah and they're they're great dogs but it's just oh. kind of funny how defiant aria is and sansa kind of does what she's told <laughs> that is perfection i love it well thank you so much for joining me today and um stay safe out there thank you for joining me and thank you again to michael f haspel author of the graveyard shift for your enthusiasm and your awesome gaming skills if you love something we discussed today you can find a full list of each title in our episode show notes and be sure to check out michael's qfd podcast What didn't make it into this episode is our almost hour-long discussion that we had after we turned off the mics about storytelling, movies, and the nature of fandom. I'll have to have him on another time and have him script fix season 8 of Game of Thrones for you on the record. Do be sure to follow us on social media if you aren't already. We're on Twitter and Instagram at KTLiterary, or you can send us an email podcast at ktliterary.com if you have any specific questions about gaming or publishing or if you want to hear anything in particular from us or our clients thanks again for listening we wish you and your loved ones all health and well-being in this frightening time so until next time we'll see you on the acknowledgments page